Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva, and I am your host for episode 24. In this episode, we will be hearing from Josh Smith. Josh has been a professional school counselor at Western High School in Jackson, Michigan for over 15 years and has a master's degree in counseling. He has served as president of the Jackson Counseling Association for two years and has been on the leadership team as vice president for two more. Josh also facilitates the Michigan College Access Network, training hundreds of Michigan school counselors. He's taught in the graduate counseling program at Spring Arbor University. Additionally, he has been a presenter for the last two years at NerdCamp and is currently practicing at a local agency called A Healing Place. He meets with the Christians at the Jackson Gospel Hall in Jackson, Michigan. Josh is going to be joining us for two episodes on the topic, The Battle Inside. This is a very important topic and one that we trust will be a real help to every listener. Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Josh Smith, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes today about a very important topic, especially with everything that's going on today, and that topic is anxiety. I want to welcome you by just saying that those of us who have put this podcast together, we genuinely and sincerely care about you. In fact, before this podcast was recorded, uh, we prayed, and the prayer is just that, that everyone who listens to this would be blessed and encouraged and, and they would have benefit from listening to it. We want to provide you with hope, but not an empty hope, not just a, a, a hope that is without foundation, but we want to provide you with a biblical and scriptural hope in the middle of all of the anxiety that's going on. So we genuinely and sincerely care about you. We know that there are a number of negative messages that are going on um, within the news media, within social media, Sometimes even within uh, the conversations that we have with one another, there is a lot of negative news. But we want to provide you with just this positive uh, encouragement that we care about you. And we want you to be reminded that God cares about you. God has not just left us to deal with anxiety on our own, but he addresses it in his word in, in several places. And different people write about it. We know that uh, the Lord Jesus addressed it on the Sermon on the Mount. We know that Paul writes about it, and Peter writes about it. And the Psalms are filled with uh, different examples and, and situations where uh, the writer is dealing with very difficult times. So God has addressed it, and we're so thankful for that. We have a God who cares, and a God who knows exactly what we're going through. I'd like to begin uh, this two-part series on anxiety with a real-life example of someone within our local churches who has dealt with what she calls her journey uh, through anxiety. And I'm just going to read you what she uh, put together. This person writes, I've been on a journey. I didn't go far from home, but returning has taken me years. I was lost, alone, and deeply afraid, but worst of all, I was unaware. I was trudging through the vast unknown, blindfolded and terrified of the monsters I couldn't see. Hope was gone. Love was lost. Life seemed to drone on devoid of emotion, and I hated myself. But I kept pushing on, attempting to create some sense of stability. One day I couldn't move any further. Wave after wave of fear and sickness hit me, leaving me immobile. Control seemed to have hidden itself with hope, and I lay waiting for someone to help me. It was there that I found him, 
waiting patiently for me to take off the blindfold and look him in the eye. He took my hand and led me through the same vast unknown I had been circling for years, except it looked different now. With his hand in mind, the monsters didn't seem so frightening. The path was clearer, and in the distance, I could see the clouds breaking. As he walked, he spoke truth to me that pierced the lies that swarmed my tired mind. He told me that I am his and he is mine. He called me chosen, loved, beautiful, and known. When I stumbled, he caught me and held me in his arms. I'd like to say that I've made it back home, but I still have some ground to make up. Losing control was the most terrifying yet freeing experience of my life. I lost control just to find that I never had it anyway. Depression and anxiety are real. Your feelings are real. If you're struggling with mental illness, know that you're not alone. There are people who understand a God who understand and a God who is ready and willing to help you through. Don't lose hope. That story perfectly uh, gives us a perfect example of what I want to look at during this time in the podcast today. Again, this is going to be a two-part series. And what I'd like to do with God's help in the first part is help us understand a little bit about anxiety and what it is and where it comes from. And in the second part, we're going to start looking at some specific verses in the book of Philippians that can help us deal in a, in a very specific and systematic way with our anxiety. And we'll go verse by verse through a portion of scripture in Philippians chapter 4. But I think it might be helpful for us to take a look at uh, some of the reasons that anxiety is such a, a growing issue in our culture and even among ourselves today. I think that we would all agree that there is a lot of anxiety all around us. It's growing. The number of diagnoses are growing. Um, I work in a counseling office and we have a waiting list that, that we're three to four weeks out. And that's the same for all of the agencies within the city that I live. And I'm going to assume, and it's, it's you know, most likely accurate that it's the same in most cities and places around the country and around the world. And that's, that's the reality of the world that we live in. We began by saying that every one of us could probably identify people who we know are dealing with anxiety, and, uh, and we often deal with it ourselves. I want to begin with a very brief uh, introduction just so that you know who is speaking to you today because I personally deal with anxiety. And as I can attest to, and as we heard in that opening, um, in the opening remarks that, that the person had written, that it is a very real thing. And I think that sometimes people who don't experience anxiety maybe don't have a full understanding of, of the effects that it can have. But for those of us who do struggle with it, we can tell you that it's real. And uh, part of the healing process and part of the recovery process is understanding where it comes from. And that's hopefully what we're going to be able to do here in the next few minutes today. But I want to tell you that I personally have struggled with anxiety, specifically health anxiety, as I am a two-time cancer survivor. Um, I could tell you a little bit more about that story. And really, if you want to hear a more detailed explanation of these two, this two-part podcast, you can go to the Clyde Gospel Hall website 
and there is a one hour and 45 minute presentation on a, it's called a biblical response to anxiety. And you can get a little bit more of a detailed presentation there. This is going to be um, significantly shorter and yet we're going to cover a lot of the same material. That's the Clyde Gospel Hall. It should be on the front page of their website. So I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and also PTSD. And so I want you to know that as I talk today, I'm going to approach this from a personal standpoint, but also a professional standpoint. As I've already alluded to, I'm a, I'm a professional uh, school counselor at a local high school where I work. I've, I've been doing that for over 15 years, working with teenagers that are between the ages of 14 and 18. Uh, but I've also, I'm also doing private practice work at a local agency here in Jackson where we see all, all age ranges. So I'm coming at this from a personal level, but also a professional level, a master's degree in counseling. And, uh, and I've taught in the graduate program for counseling at Spring Arbor University and a number of other things. I just tell you that so that you understand. Um, I'm hoping to come at this with some experience and also looking at it from the Word of God. Again, I tell you that not to uh, not to try and sound proud in any way, but only so that you know that the person who's speaking to you uh, hopefully has had some uh, positive experience and background in the area. The example I like to give is if I'm going to go and listen to someone uh, tell me and instruct me on how to put uh, an addition on my house, I want to go and listen to someone who has done that 400 times and has a vast amount of experience in the area. And so that's that's the only reason that I bring up that information is that we find it important to make sure that you um, know that this is uh, someone who hopefully has a good amount of background and knowledge in the situation. So prayerfully and humbly, we approach this uh, growing trend, this growing issue and problem of anxiety. So today we want to understand the problem. And then in the next episode, we're going to use a scriptural approach to the problem while finding hope in the middle of anxiety and depression. I should begin also by saying that this is not going to be a one-size-fits-all approach. And a person dealing with anxiety should not expect to listen to this podcast today and come away with some sort of immediate healing where you say, I I listened to the podcast and I never had problems with anxiety again. Uh, That's not an expectation in this. And if you are experiencing anxiety and perhaps some depression as a result, that would be a, uh, a signal or an opportunity for you to reach out to professional counselors or even a primary care doctor. So I just wanted to make that clear. And I also, as you can see from the beginning of this talk, uh, this is not going to be an all academic lecture. We're not just gonna uh, give you research-based material. Um, As you could look up on your own on a TED Talk or do a Google search, there's gonna be some of that informational uh, piece to this. It's also going to be expository, and yet not all expository. It's very important that we use the Word of God when we're dealing with any issue in life, but really very important as we start to deal with the issue of anxiety. Uh, We could could go for many hours and address many different uh, strategies and coping mechanisms on how to deal with anxiety. 
But the reality is, I know from both personal and professional experience, that the only hope that is in this world is found in Jesus Christ. There is no other solution that brings real peace, real comfort, uh, real joy, and a real sense of hope than knowing Jesus Christ as Savior. There is no other alternative. There is, uh, if, if you think about the growing trend of anxiety in this world, it's really no wonder. If we're living in a world that is without hope and without God, there's no foundation, there's no security, there's no stability. And so in knowing Jesus Christ as my Savior, this is the only way that I know of and that the Scripture teaches for a person to experience true joy, true peace, true comfort, no matter what they're going through. I want you to think about something for a second. Think about uh, trying to pursue peace. Think about trying to obtain uh, joy or rest or comfort. If that is our one pursuit, if those are the things that we are chasing, we'll never achieve them. We'll never obtain them. We'll never get there. We don't wake up in the morning and clench our fists and say, today is going to be a day that I experience joy. It just doesn't work that way. I think it was C.S. Lewis who pointed out that all of those things are byproducts of knowing Jesus Christ. They are byproducts. We will never get to joy. We will never get to peace unless we know them through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I want you to have life and have it more abundantly. By knowing him as Savior, by reading his word, by praying, by meditating and memorizing the word on the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, then the joy comes. Then the peace comes. Then the comfort comes. So that's an important point to make right, right at the start of this podcast, is the only way that we can experience those things is through a knowledge and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. It's from the Lord's Prayer in John 17. So this is not going to be all academic, neither is it going to be all expository. And yet, as we've mentioned, expository is the most important. So let me give you a quick scenario that illustrates this. Let me ask you, which one of these two situations is true? The first part of the, or the first situation is uh, David and Goliath. Let me ask you, is, is it true that when Goliath went to fight David, he was proud and he was arrogant and he underestimated David because of his size and because he was just a shepherd? He didn't know that David had killed bears and killed lions and was probably pretty good with a slingshot. And so because he was proud, he went into that battle and he lost. Is that true? Say, yeah, that, that's true. Well, what about this scenario? Let me ask you this. Is it, is it true that God prepared David as a shepherd? And that God prepared David for that moment? And that when David went, he went out in the strength of his Lord, of our God, and when that stone went through the air, it was God that guided that stone to the just the right spot into the forehead of the giant that brought that giant to its knees and gave David the victory. Is that true? 
You'd say yes. You'd say both scenarios are true. But there is one scenario that's more true, that's more foundational, that's more fundamental. That's what we believe. We believe that God is in control. We believe that the second scenario of God preparing David and God guiding that stone is more foundational, is more fundamental because God is sovereign. God is all-powerful and all-knowing and in all places. And we believe that God is in control. And that's one of the first things we have to realize when we're dealing with anxiety. So when we speak about these things today, we're going to be looking at it from an academic, but primarily from a scriptural standpoint. We've already talked about how prevalent anxiety is in our culture today. We see it in almost every demographic within our society. And again, David Paulison points out, you know, what else should we expect from a world that is without God and without hope? But it affects Christians too. It affects Christians too. I, I use that story at the beginning of this podcast to illustrate that there are strong Christians who deal with anxiety. There are Christians who you would never expect. And uh, it is a very real problem for all of us. You might have heard of men like Mark Driscoll. And he had moments of severe and intense anxiety. You can Google his experience. If you wanted to look into a person like Louis Giglio, who is a mega pastor who puts on the Passion Conference for literally thousands of young people and gets up and speaks in front of them, and his month-long battle with anxiety, specifically health anxiety, it was, it was crippling for him. He thought he was never going to preach or teach again. And then there are even sadder situations and experiences like there was a uh, pastor out in California, the last name is Wilson, who actually got to the point where he took his own life. And while that is an extreme example, it brings to our attention the awareness that these are very real situations. Recently, I went to a local church and we did a talk on anxiety. And we gave them a paper that kind of estimated how much they've been dealing with it so that we knew how to approach it and we could speak to their situation. Most of the responses came back, as you would expect, that um, you know it's really not a, a huge concern with depression and anxiety and uh, thoughts of self-harm were, were never um, or suicidal thoughts were, were never. But then there were more than one. And question number three here on the sheet says, have you ever had thoughts of self-harm? If yes, when? and the person's circles last week. These are real experiences. These are real situations. And I think in previous years, perhaps that wasn't generally understood. But I think there's a very real understanding that anxiety can often lead to depression, which can then uh, really influence a person. And what we want to do is begin to understand that here today. Again, we're, we're, we're just grateful. We are so thankful that God has not left us in the dark on these matters. He's even used examples even back in the Old Testament. A man like Jonah, who said, it's better for me to die than to live. A man like Moses, who said, this burden is too heavy for me. Go ahead and kill me. A man like Elijah, who said, I've had enough. Take my life. These are, again, maybe extreme examples. But the reality is these men who were used mightily by God and who are in holy writ, holy scripture, are men who had to deal with anxiety 
and depression and, and pressures of mental health. And so why would we think that we're above that or that we wouldn't have to deal with it? One of the first things I want to do today is, is address what is anxiety. What, what is the definition? You can imagine since I work in a school, we get a lot of students who come down and say, well, I'm, I'm depressed or I, I have anxiety. And as we begin to talk, the reality is, well, you're not really going to be diagnosed with those type of things. Um, you're just having a bad day or you're having a bad situation that you're dealing with. And to be anxious about it or to be discouraged about it is a normal reaction. But what is an actual anxiety diagnosis? One of the first things we have to do is we have to understand what is anxiety. Anxiety is simply a worry, a concern, or a fear that, that's greater than the normal or expected feelings of nervousness. And there are symptoms that are often associated with it. They are emotional symptoms, symptoms of the mind where you might have racing thoughts, feel like it's hard to focus. Uh, you might even think you're going crazy. Uh, and then there are physical symptoms where your body is shaky. You might have shaky hands, fast heart rate, muscle tension, which causes muscle pain or headaches. Uh, you might feel like it's hard to breathe. You might feel dizzy. You might have stomach issues. Now, it's important to say that if you've had any of those things going on, uh, it's safe to say we shouldn't just assume it's anxiety. You should be checked out by a doctor. But symptoms of anxiety often manifest themselves in those way in, in those ways. And you put those things together, racing thoughts, hard to focus, on edge, feel like you're going crazy, uh, shakiness, fast heart rate, muscle tension, dizzy, stomach's upset, hard to breathe. That's what they would define as a panic attack. So all those things happening at once. And uh, there are people who, again, we could give specific examples who have experienced what it's like to have a panic attack. So again, those things are, are very real. And what I want to do in the last five minutes, I know that I've been talking for about 20 minutes now, but I want to discuss very quickly some larger issues that are causing anxiety in this world today. The first one I want to talk about, we've already alluded to it, is the removal of God from our society. Out of school, out of every place possible, the removal of God. When God is not in the picture... There is no future. There is no hope. There is no real understanding of where we came from, where we're going. No one's in control. It's all just luck. And uh, that is a very unsettling reality to come through. And I don't want us to overlook just the simple, the simple statement of the removal of God causes anxiety. The second one is, again, you could probably, you could probably uh, predict this one. It is the breakdown of the family. The breakdown of the family. So many of the people who are struggling often have grown up without a father or without a mother in the household. And while that is not a predictor of, of uh, you know, you're always going to struggle or you're not going to be successful if that's your situation, I'm not saying that at all, but the statistics say that those people who are from that sort of a situation are going to struggle often more than others. The breakdown of the family. I want you to think back. Think back to the 1930s and 40s. And we had all those soldiers who went out to World War I, uh, World War II, and they returned and had, obviously that was a massive influence on the rest of their life. It, it had its effects. But they came back and there wasn't as much 
PTSD. There wasn't quite as much of the same amount of anxiety. And we have to believe that the reason for that is because even if they weren't practicing Christians, they probably in that time period grew up going to Sunday school, going to church, having a respect and a, even if it was small and understanding of who God is. And to, in today's society, and, and, and they came back, again, having the support system of, of parents and a mother and a father, where today many of our soldiers are coming back and the rates of anxiety, the rates of PTSD are skyrocketing. And they don't have, they never went to Sunday school. They didn't grow up going to a church. They didn't grow up with an understanding of who God is, a God who's there, a God who cares. And they may not have often grown up in a home with two parents and that stability and that security. Now, what are the two things that Satan would love most to do in our society? Break down our families and remove God. And because of the success of those two things, we're experiencing significantly more anxiety. Those are the first two, and there's three more. And we'll go through them very quickly, and then we'll be uh, done with the, the first uh, part of this podcast. The third one is very simple and practical. You could probably come up with this one too. Just electricity and technology. 120 years ago, what did people do when it got dark? Well, for the most part, they went to sleep. And now we have electricity and we have technology and we stay up late and we just turn on the light and turn on the, the computer uh, and, and we don't get as much sleep as we probably should. And because of that, uh, that's going to have a negative effect on our mental health and on our anxiety. Interesting study to go back and look at um, what a spiritual thing it is to be able to lay down and rest in the knowledge of a sovereign God and a God who is in control and a God who is there. That is actually, I've, I've read in a few different places, that is almost an act of worship or an act of uh, sincere trust and faith that we can put our head on the pillow no matter what the situation is and sleep. The fourth one, very important, is social media. Social media. We did, we've done a lot of presentations um, on this issue professionally. And uh, social media, if you do the research, I'm sure you've all seen it, that it has a negative effect on our, on our mental health, specifically in the area of anxiety. So the interesting thing is, if you look at the research and put it all together, social media seems to put us into a situation where we're experiencing something called the God complex. Okay, So think of it this way. We, you don't have to know a whole lot about God in order to understand that He is all-present, all-powerful, and all-knowing. But when we have a device in our hands, like I'm sure many of you do right now, or a device that we can quickly grab, we can know what's going on in China, in Florida, in Canada, in the United States, in Mexico, in all these different places. And it gives us the sense that we are all-present, even if it's subconsciously, even if it's not uh, something we're, we're actually thinking about. But these phones, this social media, uh, and the news that's accessible to us, it gives us the feeling that we're all present. And right along associated with that, that we are all knowing. It, it doesn't take much for us to just do a Google search or to look up all this endless news to feel like we're all knowing. Uh, one study said that, that you know 50 years ago, a person used to read one newspaper a day. 
So you've got, you know, the old the old adage or picture of the man comes home from work and he sits down in his chair and he reads the paper. And the study suggested that today we read the equivalent of 65 newspapers a day. 65, the amount of information that we're scrolling through on social media and on our phone and in the news and on the on our computers. And that is just too much information. So it gives us the feeling that we're all present, that we're all knowing, and that we are also all powerful, and that we can speak to and and have some influence on, on the situation. So if someone says on Facebook, I'm having a difficult day today, we can say, hey, I'm here for you. Um, uh, you know, Reach out to me if you need anything. Yes, that's a good thing to do. But subconsciously, does it not give us the, uh, the thought that we are all powerful? Now, our brains, our brains are not designed for that. We cannot be all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful. Only God can be that. We can't. And so it is no wonder that we are overwhelmed. It is no wonder that we are anxious because we have all this endless knowledge and we can be in all these places and feel like we can have influence. We just can't do that. Wasn't it Stephen Curtis Chapman who had a song, You Are God and I Am Not? That is a wonderful thing to consider. Um, While we know that already, it is a good reminder to just know that He is God, that we don't have to be and we don't have to uh, have all that knowledge and information and be in control. We just aren't designed to handle it. Now, the last one in the last 30 seconds is the removal of death from our culture. I say, why would that cause anxiety? When you think back to, uh, you know, many years ago, people, when they got sick and when they, when they died, where did that happen? Well, for the most part, it took place in the home. And children would see that happening, and uh, you know everyone in the family would be witness to what it was for someone to have that experience. Now, the reality is none of us would ever want to seek that out, and none of us would ever uh, say that was a good experience. But there's something to be said when the Bible teaches us that it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of laughter. And it's important for us to consider that when we remove death out of our culture, in so much that it's the only time that we really put closure on things is when the funeral takes place. Again, this is not something that we seek out, but to have a real understanding that we are mortal, that death is a part of the life cycle that God has put in place, and of course the effect of sin, that is a healthy understanding. And while, again, we don't seek out those experiences, it is ultimately beneficial for us in our families and our culture to have a right and healthy understanding of death and that God uh, is, is still in control and still has that future and is trying to teach us things through uh, the, the witnessing and the experience of that whole scenario that we cannot get otherwise. And so I want to suggest that those five uh, larger issues are causing much of the anxiety that's taking place in our world today. I realize, again, that we've covered a lot of information in a short period of time. And again, you can go to the Clyde Gospel Hall website to get a little bit more of those details and and, and that uh, information. But I want to invite you to join us for part two, in which we'll go into the verses in Philippians chapter four, and we'll look at how Paul, we'll look at how Paul has, has laid out for us through the Holy Spirit, 
uh, how it is that we can take a biblical response to all of this anxiety. May God bless you and may you be encouraged just with the information that you've received today so that we can then look at some of the solutions in the, in the podcast that will take place tomorrow. Thank you.